Greetings, sports fans, and welcome for, to a Euro round of 16 recollapse slash quarterfinal preview of the Big D podcast. Before I bring in the special guest, please subscribe, like, share, comment the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We've got uh, all kinds of content, whether it be football, UFC, golf, Maybe some Olympians. I mean, you never know who might appear. So uh, whether he's uh, doing backflips at Bush Gardens, rooting on Orlando City, or praying for a Manchester United transfer, you know he's somewhere. He's my buddy, Alex. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Dylan. I appreciate it. You also forgot the uh, hyping up the Tua train, but, uh, you know, we'll let that pass. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy summer of sports, and uh, it's only going to get more exciting. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Happy to ha- happy to uh, be back on with you. Yeah, and so one of them we've been interested in seeing is the uh, European Championships. And holy cow, was that the craziest round of sixteen we've ever seen? Oh, Goals, red cards, upsets, drama. What else could you want? I mean, it's got everything you'd, you'd hope it would be. You know, we had to wait a year for the tournament. It's finally able to come around. And, uh, you know, it has not disappointed, that's for sure. Unless you're French. They may, might have – French or German. I mean, a little bit of disappointment there. Or Dutch. Yeah, or Dutch, exactly. Yeah, so speaking of speaking of the French, uh, first storyline from round 16 is what happened to Lake Blues because uh, nobody predicted Switzerland beating France. Yeah. I mean, it just – it comes down to finishing off games, it seems like. I mean, it seen, we've seen so many games this tournament where teams have, have had two goal leads in the second half and, and them just be evaporated in a second. These – you're making the choke. It's it's the it's the uh, Reggie Miller Re- Reggie Miller choke. I mean, you've got to. It, it's it's the European Championship. It's one of the m- biggest international tournaments in, that there is. I mean, you've got to play for ninety minutes or one hundred twenty minutes. Where wherever you are in the game, you've got to play that out. There's no lead that is safe, especially in international tournaments. I mean, just got to finish it out, and obviously. Uh, France thought that they had Switzerland where they wanted them, and Switzerland had a uh, had a different a different idea about that. You know, one you know when I saw France line up against Switzerland, I'm like, hmm, that that is very un Didier Deschamps like because French usually do not play with the back three, and yet they played like a three four one two with wing backs against the Switzerland against Switzerland, and then. Like, where is Kingsley Coleman? I'm like, knowing that France could have majority of the ball, Coleman would have been needed. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to assume being a uh, being on the French side of things, you're going to keep possession in this game. I mean, you, you, on paper, you are the better team. I mean, no, obviously Switzerland has, has something to say about that. They're moving on to the quarterfinals. But, I mean, everyone, I, I think, France was probably the most popular pick to win this tournament. They were my pick to win this tournament. Um, you know, you you have to think with with a, the, as strong of a midfield they have, 
you have to think that possession is is the way you're going to beat the Swiss. Just keep the ball and don't let them have it. My dad, as an assistant soccer coach my entire life, said possession is key. If you have the ball, they can't score. And I mean, having having that that those wing options. I mean, Rabio and Pavard, yeah, they're 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 decent they're decent players, but. I mean, just play Pavard as a right back on a four in the back and maybe have someone different than Rabio. I don't know. It just, like you said, it's, it, it seemed a little fishy and a little questionable on, uh, on that line, on that starting lineup for sure. Yeah. And all, yeah. And you know what happens when you play different formations, guys, all of the guys spent 15, 20 minutes wondering what the heck to do because playing a back three and a back four are two totally different formations yeah absolutely i mean the shape of the team is differently the way you attack is differently the way you defend is differently and especially i mean no offense to the swiss obviously like like we've been saying they're moving on they moved on but i i feel like why you're not playing if i'm if i'm france coming into this game you're not playing germany you're not playing italy you're not playing belgium you know the the powerhouses why make a change and and, and risk uh, upsetting the flow of your team against a, a team that you should beat is, is pretty much where I'm coming from there. And yes, Luca Dean and Lucas Hernandez will both out, but realistically, that's why you have depth and it seems befuddling what happened. And then uh, Didier Deschamps also potentially screwed up by replacing Griezmann for Moussa Sissoko when uh, Talisa was such a critical player at the last World Cup and could bring that energy in, but I'm not the manager. Yeah, I mean, even you have Lucas Hernandez on the bench who could have just slipped in at left back for Rabio. Why not Why not play Varane, Kempembe, Hernandez, Pavard in the back four? Then you have another option in the midfield uh, like you said, Tolisso is 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 a, a very contrib. Uh, he's a very solid option for France to have in the midfield. And uh, I think Hernandez was dealing with his own injury. That's why he didn't play on Monday. Right. Well, okay. Even being so, I mean, it just it it doesn't seem like. I don't know. It seemed like they were playing it safe when when they. Could have, should have just stuck to what they were doing. I mean, you're France. And, and Benzema coming off, whether – I mean, I know when you have a game going to penalty uh, penalty kicks, it's, it's, it's a long – it's a large – it's a long amount of time you're playing soccer. But, I mean, the man has been a scoring machine for that team. It's it, – I, I don't care how tired you are. Kareem Benzema knows how to put that ball in the back of the net. And uh, when you're in extra time in a game that you think you had wrapped up and you need a goal to move on – I'm keeping him on the field if it's me. Yeah, so um, do you blame Kieran and Bate for France losing, or is that just a team loss? You know, you can't blame one person. I mean, obviously missed the penalty. He didn't have a very impressive tournament by any means. No. Um, you know, uh, he he deserves a little bit of a, of the blame. He doesn't deserve all the blame. I mean, the it's like you said. I mean, it's a team sport. There's 11 people on the field, and uh, when and with a team like France, it's not like he's their only superstar. I mean, they've got other players who are who have the potential to pick up the slack, like Benzema, like Pogba. Um, so you know, obviously, you want more from from Mbappe. He's he's probably the biggest name on that team, 
but he doesn't deserve all the blame. I mean, penalty kicks are, are, are a crapshoot, part of my French, but <laughs> part of, you see, but uh, uh, penalty kicks are a crapshoot, you know, I mean, all it takes is one good save from a keeper. It wasn't a, te- I mean, it wasn't the best penalty. It wasn't obviously it didn't go in, but it wasn't the worst penalty. It's not like he tried to Panenka down the middle or anything um obviously you want more from him but it's it's a team game you can't i don't think he deserves all the blame for it so uh another befuddling result was uh holland's i don't know if you say frustrating disappointing or i don't know what kind of game that was this past weekend against then the czech republic thank you yeah I mean, yeah, a little bit of all of that, I think. You know, you get you get a, a, a right into the right in the beginning of the second half. You start the half off with a red card. It's never the way you want to do it. Uh, they don't put a single shot on goal the entire game. Can't win a game if you don't put the ball on target. It's just, I mean, you you it's uh, like it's it's the Reggie Miller choke. I mean, you're you're. Obviously, Czech Republic has had an impressive tournament. I mean, Schick probably has the goal of the tournament right now. He's been playing really well. But again, if same as same as in the France boat, I mean, you're one of the top uh, top level teams in the tournament, and Czech Republic, as good as they are, like we keep saying, I mean, they're moving on. So who's to say they're not the better team? But I mean, if you're looking at the world rankings and you're looking at at teams on paper, I mean Netherlands versus Czech Republic. I think most people put their money on the on the Netherlands in that game. So you know it's it's disappointing for them, I'm sure. And talk about managers getting the blame. Uh, in a way, the drink the boy have gotten the blame because a lot of people wanted Holland, the Netherlands, to play a four three three, but yet he played that back three and it really didn't help matters. Yeah, that three four one two is not really working out for for uh, the top teams this year, is it? What the heck is everybody doing? Did they think they're Chelsea all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, I guess it works better in club football than it does in international, <laughs> as as you very well know. But uh, you know, I've my entire life I've been playing soccer. Three, and I've never I've been playing FIFA for years. I've played soccer for years. I've never been a part of a three defender in the back uh, uh, formation. I don't know if if it's never been one for me, but apparently it's not really working too well at the pro level either. What's your formation? Uh, I like either uh, – depend- uh, it obviously depends on the team and who's in- and the strengths of the team. I prefer a 4-3-3 with a- two center mids and a-, and a center attacking mid, as long as you've got good wingers and a, and a strong striker. If if not a 4-3-3, I would I- – Something like a four. It, it all like it all depends on on the strengths of your team. But if you've got a lot of solid midfield options, a four, two, one, two. I, I've always when playing myself. I've always uh, preferred to play with two strikers because I always played up top. So I would like to play with uh, play as a left striker, have someone on the right, and maybe a cam under us and a couple midfielders to really control the control the midfield. But I mean, know, it just depends on who you're playing with. I'm either a three-five-three three or a four, a three-five, a three-four-three three or three-five-two guy when I play. Yeah, it's. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on the defenders. That's for sure. And and I've never really liked the idea of wingbacks because it kind of. I feel like it kind of puts them in no man's land. 
I'd rather just play a solid left back, right back, uh, and, and have give them the opportunity to go up or or have wingers and, and have a little bit of extra strength in the midfield. But, you know, with that wing back, it, it, it kind of – you're playing like a fullback, except you're attacking a little bit more, which is fine, but you can do that from a left back, right back spot anyway. So, I don't know. So, uh, another game – well – France and Switzerland were not the only two teams putting up goals on Monday. Did any? Did you see the uh, Croatia-Spain match? Oh yeah, I mean, five to three. It's 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 sound like a hockey game. I mean, we've got the Stanley Cup Finals going on. I mean, even that's <laughs> a lot of scoring for hockey. But you see it more there than you do in soccer. Um, you know, credit to Spain. That's uh, those are two great teams. I love watching them play. I mean, Luka Modric is. One of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean he—he's the epitome of class. He does—he—he he gives his heart on the field every time he plays. And I mean, you saw that outside of the foot goal he scored a couple games back. I mean, he's just—he can do anything he wants to do with that soccer ball. So I—I I, I always feel bad for him when uh, he's on the wrong side of a result. But credit to Spain. I mean, they—they they started the group stage so-so. I mean, not nothing too special. But I mean. They got through the knockout stages, and that's when it counts. So you put five goals in, you, you, uh, you put five five goals in the net. It's not many teams that's going to beat you when you're doing that. Yeah, if Spain can score five goals back to back games, look out. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. They had 23 shots in that game with 10 on target. I mean, you shoot the ball 23 times, it's you're not going to. I I mean, unless you've got uh, Werner up top. <laughs> oh, uh, no. oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. But uh, I mean, you're not you're not really gonna lose too many games if you've got double the amount of shots. I mean, it's they they performed well. They kept possession. They were they were on the attack. They had eight corner kicks. I mean, it's that's just dominating a game. And you know it's weird because Spain led three one in like the eighty fifth minute. I'm like, this game's over. And then Croatia, and then I saw like ten minutes later. I'm like, what the? Yeah, I mean, it's it goes back to look and see. That's where Spain, as we go back to earlier. I mean, that's where Spain uh, excelled and where France kind of fell apart because. Yeah, you, you drop that, those two goals at the end of the game. Like we've been saying, I mean, you got to finish those games out. But luckily for Spain, that gave them a, a kick in the you-know-what, and uh, they kind of added a little extra flame to the fire in an yeah. extra time, which France yeah. didn't quite get together. And Luis Enrique got under his troops at, after 90 minutes and uh, got them firing all 10 cylinders, not just eight, but 10. Yeah. And and so go ahead and ask me tell ask me about Timo Werner. You know how much I love my Chelsea guys, Timo Werner, Ty Hamlets, and uh, Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, you know, I mean, how how did you feel your Chelsea your Chelsea? That's a, there we go. That's I like that segue. How do you feel your Chelsea your Chelsea players have performed so far in the tournament? Uh, a couple. Uh, I I think Ty Hamlets might have been Germany's best player. Either Hamlets or Kim. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, Kai Havertz, you know, you, Timo Vernon, the, ju- the jury is still out. I mean, oh God, I've don't... seen plenty of strikers playing for United who can't put the ball in the back of the net. So I know what it's like, but 
he really just seems to not – I don't know what's going on with him, but it seems like moving to England really – he forgot how to play. But Did I, mean, he, I, I think he's got the Andre Shevchenko yeah, headache. Something like that. I don't know. He got bit by a radioactive spider or something, and all of a sudden he's – I don't know. But uh, Kai Havertz, like you said, he's he is – a fantastic signing for Chelsea. And I mean, he was, I agree that he was one of the best players for Germany. I mean, Tom, how about Thomas Mueller missing that one-on-one chance? I mean, I know he's not one of our club players, but it just reminded me of that. I mean, wait a minute. How, I've got a question. How many goals has Mueller scored at the Euros? I don't know. None, right? I, unless he scored against uh, Hungary. I don't think he did. I've seen a lot of Havertz. I mean, Werner's – I know Werner – he's had at least – I think Werner scored in this tournament. I can't quite remember. I don't that. think – I don't I don't know if Werner did it. Although he missed a goal opportunity in the first half too. Yeah, it's been – let me see. The Hungry game, Havertz scored, Goretzka scored. Okay, that's what I thought in Portugal. Portugal scored two yeah. own goals. Two own goals, Havertz and Gosens. Yeah, and then they didn't score against France. So, yeah, neither uh, neither Mueller or, or Werner found the back of the net, which definitely probably contributes to uh, why they're knocked out in around the 16. But So, uh, so uh, thinking of the uh, Germany-England game, that was the craziest international game I've ever heard at one league. I mean, what were your thoughts watching that game? I, you know, obviously being a Premier League supporter, uh, I was, I've, I've, I have a slight affirmation towards England, so I was definitely rooting for them. You know, it was, it was an exciting game. I credit to England. I think, I think Luke Shaw. Speaking of our, of our club players playing for in this tournament, I mean, Luke Shaw has ever since Jose Mourinho left United and uh, United signed Alex Tellez. Luke Shaw has has transformed to one of the best left backs in the world. And I'll say it, and I don't think it's debatable. I mean, I think he's his composure, his attacking uh, runs, his attacking moves down the line. He He's so good at making those overlapping runs and then cutting across the baseline and playing the ball in the back and uh, playing the ball in the middle of the 18, which is how they scored that goal with Sterling. I mean, credit to England. You know, they, they Germany has uh, always been a difficult opponent for them, as we know. Uh, they haven't quite been able to get over that German hump for a while, but they 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 played a good enough game to win. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game. Obviously, Germany had a couple chances that they should have put away, but they didn't. And uh, credit to that credit to that England team because they 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 stepped it up. Were you surprised Garrett Southgate played? Speaking of back threes, were you surprised Garrett Southgate played a back three the match Germany? I mean. Considering they brought, what, four right-backs to the tournament, um, you would think that – I mean, obviously Trippier played as a right-wing back, um, but they've got solid options at, 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 in the center half. I mean, especially with Maguire coming back from injury, he missed the first one or two games of the group stage, I believe. Um, so, uh, one, it was two, I think, right? Yeah, because yeah. Mink started both games. Right. Mink started against Croatia and Scotland. But uh, with Maguire, uh, Stones has been a decent option for them. But uh, the big thing is playing Kyle Walker at center back. I, I think the, the really nice thing for England is being is having Kyle Walker there because playing in that three that three center back formation, 
Kyle Walker has experience on the right back. He has experience playing center back. So he can kind of play that right-sided center back role pretty well. So I, 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 I'm not, I'm not against uh, Southgate playing that just because he has that, that kind of utility player in Kyle Walker, we can do a little bit of both. So, you know, tip, like we've been saying, I don't really like the three in the three in the back formations, but I mean, players like Kyle Walker or a player like, like David Alaba, even if you have him, if you have him uh, in your defense, those kind of players, I, I don't mind it as much because they've got a little bit more of a, uh, a compliment to like the Harry Maguire kind of center back. Who's more of your, you know, your typical center half. And then now two guys from England who have uh, underperformed at major tournaments, Raheem Sterling, how about not one, not two. But three goals. Yeah. And Harry Kane finally scoring a Euro goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, being a United supporter and, and just watching England games, I've never been a big fan of Sterling. I think uh, I, I was I was saying from the beginning, I think that um, uh, and I, I know this is going to sound completely biased, but I, there's good reasoning behind it. I, I really thought Jaden Sancho should have started that game against Germany. Obviously, Southgate made the right decisions. It's all 20, hindsight's twenty twenty. But um, you know, he Jaden Sancho knows those Germans. He's been playing. He's been playing in the Bundesliga since he joined from <clears throat> Manchester City. Man, uh, Manchester's blue. <laughs> Manchester's not blue. Manchester's red. Um, oh boy, that was a big slip up. But uh, you know, I, I was I was a little. I, I kind of thought he would put. Um, uh, Sancho in, and I thought Sancho should have started over Saka, but you know that's just me. Um, and then Harry Kane, you know he's he's been one of the best strikers in the world for a long time, but when it comes to international, especially in this tournament, you know he was getting chances. He's he's had shots. He's he's been in front of the goal. It's just he hasn't been able to get that that final finish over the line. So I was happy for him. You know he's. Uh, he, He's 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 a great striker. He's a he's a guy I'm a fan of, you know. But uh, so I was happy for him to get that to finally get that that goal for England because you know how much that would have meant for him. But um, you know, I think we've uh, hit the the quarterfinals enough, and we've got some uh, or the round of sixteen enough, and we've got some really nice little quarterfinal matchups. So uh, where should we start? I mean, what, can we can I mean, we start can we start with the obvious one? The ball, yeah. Belgium, Italy. All right, let's start with it. Let's go for it. What do you like in this game? This, I mean, this is going to be one of the games of the tournament. You have to think. Well, uh, well, let's see. Not to, well, let's see. I want to see uh, Mancini suit them all. Yeah, for sure. Those Italians, man. You know they've got style. Yeah, and speaking of Italy, this has been a much different Italy team than we've seen because usually the Italians play cautious defending and just if they get one goal, you're not scoring them. Well, Mancini has brought a different flair to the Italian team. I mean, Austria played a really sound game and yet Italy just grinding out an ugly one, which is what good teams need to do major tournaments and now I know it's not in Rome but I think Italy's playing with a different mindset does matter who's playing I mean literally Italy's backup players yeah made all made an impact mm-hmm. I mean uh, who who's that guy Chiesa brings yeah. so much I mean brings so much I think Bernardeschi could play 
whole bunch of these teams. And then uh, you basically have Mobile. Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Locatelli's been playing well off the bench for that. Who's the guy? Bellotti? Who's the uh, uh, big striker? Bellotti? Berardi or? Oh, yeah, Berardi. I mean, they've got like so Bilotti, many. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And if Italy ever surrendered any opportunities, they've got probably the best young goalkeeper in the world. And, uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma. Your Italian's better than mine. <laughs> you played him in FIFA. I'm sh- you played him in yep. FIFA, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I've heard Martin Tyler say that name plenty of times. Yeah, I mean, the Italians are, are definitely – I mean, you saw you saw them in the group stage. You didn't concede a goal the entire group stage. I mean, it's been – it's been a very impressive start from them in this tournament. Uh, they got past Austria, who, like you said, um, uh, played a good game. But, I mean, and, and I, I want to kind of bounce off that point you made about how the Italians were used to seeing. I mean, the, the strong defense, the, the kind of control the game, but not, not, no flair. I mean, you think, when you think Italy, you think of players like uh, Verratti and Bonucci and Cialini and Buffon. I mean, they're, they're, Andre they're right. Obviously, you know, the, the veterans, the, the smart players, the, the players who they're not gonna, they're not gonna try and make a pass. It's too, that, that isn't the right ball. It's always going to be, it's always going to be thinking two steps in ahead in advance for Italy. But, uh, it's, it's nice to see these Italians playing with a little bit more flair, a little more excitement. And, uh, it's been working for them. I mean, their, their form is incredible, but I don't care what you say about Belgium. They have a tough, they have a tough task in Belgium this week. I mean, Oh yeah. I know obviously- yeah, both of us know how good Belgium can be. The only question with Belgium is a, will Kevin De Bruyne and Anna has a big fit even for the bench, because if not, uh, can Romelu Lukaku, step up and maybe back another big goal with the Red Devils tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Lukaku was – he was my pick for, for um, Golden Boot in this tournament. I really think that he has found his groove playing for Inter, um, and he's kind of, he, he's riding confidence right now. I've, I've, I've been – I was always a Lukaku fan, even when he left United and even while he was at United and, and there was the jokes about his touch that would go to the moon. I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a – he was a, it was a fun striker to watch for me. I like the powerful uh, strikers and, and the guys who can just smash the ball into the back of the net. I mean – you know, Italy. It's the, the 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 thing that they've had this tournament is people aren't scoring on them. So uh, this is going to be a good test for them to see if if they can hold up. Because even even with De Bruyne banged up, they still have solid options. Even with uh, Eden Hazard banged up, I mean, his brother Thorgan's been playing a really good tournament as well. I mean, Belgium is just a really well-rounded team. They've got some depth. Depth, obviously, their stars are are what you think of when you when you think of Belgium. But um, they've they're a good team, and uh, I I don't think you can count them out, even missing uh, De Bruyne or and Hazard, even if they are uh, not able to play. So, um, who do you think wins these quarterfinal games tomorrow and Saturday? Um, for me, I've got to as as big of a high as Switzerland is on beating France. I don't see them getting past Spain. I think. Uh, 
you know, you, you might be on a high from uh, beating probably the tournament favorites, but uh, there's also something to be said about being on a high from scoring five goals in your last match. So uh, <laughs> I like Spain edging out Switzerland there. Um, the Belgium-Italy one is tough, man. I'm, I think I'm going to ride with Belgium. I think even, even though there are some question marks about the health of some of the good players, I just – I really like this team this year. They've choked before major tournaments, and uh, I think this might be the one the one to uh, to get them past that hump. Uh, Czech Republic Denmark. That's going to be a sneaky little good game. Uh, it's one that I don't think as many people are talking about because they're not the biggest names. But Denmark has had, I mean, probably the biggest storyline of this entire tournament. Biggest win of the tournament by fall with Ericsson's cardiac arrest, and now. Potentially heading to Wembley. I know. I mean, they've got they're 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 playing for they're playing for uh, not only one man but entire country a little bit more than I think anyone else is right now. So, I mean, Czech Republic's been playing well though. I mean, that Schick has obviously probably has the goal of the tournament right now. If we had to, if I had to guess, uh, that half half field uh, chip. But uh, you know, I think I'm. That's a tough game. Uh, I see extra time in that. I think someone might pull one out at the end. It could go either way. I think I might give the slight edge to Czech Republic. Um, and then I've got uh, England over Ukraine. I, I, I think that unless England, England really shoots themselves in the foot, that should – that they, they really – England really lucked out in a couple different ways in this tournament because they got on the right side of the bracket after group play because it seems like all the powerhouses were on the other side of the bracket. Uh, all the, really, and getting Germany in the first round of the, the knockout stages was, I think, a blessing in disguise to them because they England should be in the finals of this tournament. And another way they lucked out is, I don't, I'm sure you probably know this, but if not, I'll give you a little piece of... Uh, yeah, Ukraine played 120 minutes on Tuesday. Well, that, that as well, but England hasn't played a game outside of England this entire tournament. Every but single now, yeah, till now. But I mean, that's it's it's there hasn't been travel for England. That's one thing that they haven't had to worry about is is going from country to country. And I mean, I know it's different than in America, where a trip from LA to to New England is almost a two day trip. It's, it feels like, but you know, there's something to say, there's something to be said for being able to stay at a, at like a home base uh, location for the majority of a tournament, which is what they've done so far. I mean, so. I think that although they are traveling now, I mean, they're playing against Ukraine and they've got, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've got, I've got England and, and the winner of the Belgium Italy game. I, I'm going to say Belgium in my final right now, but. Uh, I hate to say it Alex, but you're wrong. Yeah. We'll see. What do you, what do you I've, I've got, tell me why I've, I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong everywhere. <laughs> I All think, right. I think Switzerland will ride that momentum against France too. A win against Spain. I know Spain scored 10 goals, but realistically, uh, Croatia is not the same team from the last World Cup. I mean, Luka Modric is still great, but Croatia never looked like the same side. I look more in how well the Swiss played, and yeah, true, true, Granit Xhaka of all people. Seems like he got the Swiss going. Well, he won't be playing them all, but I think Switzerland can. I think Switzerland can frustrate Spain. 
Yeah. And then the Italy-Belgium game, I've liked Italy throughout the whole tournament. And with the uncertainty over the Bruyne and Hassan's fitness, I think Italy will have just, and I mean just enough to win in Munich. And then on Saturday, I think Denmark's going to one league. I really yeah. think Denmark's going to one league. They're not playing just for all the Danish supports. They're playing for Christian Eriksen. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely a feeling that they have that no one else in the tournament has. So if it, it, it's an advantage that they can hold close to them. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you're playing hard. And, yeah, you're playing for, for your fallen teammate. But fallen teammate. But, I mean, in a way, in a sense, yeah. But, I, you know, there's, there's only so much that can, that, that can take. Yeah, I, I – but I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and it's definitely a valid point. And then uh, I would be shocked if the U- if Ukraine beats England Saturday night in Rome. I think this England team is so cohesive. And by the way, fun fact, last time that England recorded four straight clean sheets at a major tournament, guess what happened? And one. The 1966 World Cup. World Cup, yeah. And you know who's not giving up the goal the whole tournament? England. Bingo. Yeah, Jordan Pickford, huh? How about that? I, and and before the tournament, I, it was uh, – I mean, I, I'm not following the English national team as much as, uh, you know, English supporters. I, I'm supporting them in the tournament. But I wasn't sure who, who the selection was going to be between Pickford or Henderson – Oh, and, Nick, uh, I think Nick Pope would have been either 1A or 1B, but he hurt himself. So Pickford's been option A, B, and C, and he's been A-plus so far. Yeah, you nailed it right there. Good on Southgate for that one. But, you know, yeah, we've, got, we've definitely got some differences of opinion here. But, uh, you know, that's why they play the game. I'm excited to see uh, how these games go. I can't wait for that Belgium-Italy game. I I, and like I said, I think that Czech Republic-Denmark game is going to be this, uh, a really sneaky good game, too. So a lot of good games. We're getting down to the uh, nitty-gritty of it. And uh, these teams are really going for it now. I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, and in, in many ways, this feels like an FA Cup. I know you can't compare the FA Cup to the European – to the UEFA for Euro 2020, but – this feels like an FA Cup quarterfinal where the winner goes to Wembley and the loser goes to goes on holiday. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, it's uh, I'll tell you what though, if we have half of the excitement as we had in the uh, round of 16 that we do in the quarterfinals, I think we're in for some good games this weekend. Amen. So thanks for hopping on, and uh, we'll be kicking some uh, footballs before long. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dylan. Always a pleasure.